What's poppin', my Freeform Renegades? You are tuned into the Freeform Network. Thanks for joining us for another fun episode of Freeform Radio. I am your host, Noel, with my co-host as always, Daniel. Yes, sir. Uh, just got in, had a little technical problem, but mics are working, headphones are working, so we're going to get this one in. Definitely. We might need an IT guy in the future, but good yeah. to hear. <laughs> and we got Andy here. It's all good, Andy. Uh, ready to... This is the day of the recording, Super Bowl Sunday, so... I was going to try to make some money today, but my squares guy backed out last minute. So now I'm going to be just watching the game with no no money riding on it, which is kind of boring. But, well, you'll hear about it all in the future, how it went down. <laughs> Most definitely, man. It's a little disappointing. But one thing that's not disappointing is the beautiful weather we have here in Chicago. It is 45 degrees and sunny today on a Sunday in a February midwinter day. But uh, wherever your listeners are, we hope you're relaxed and feeling good. And we're just going to dive right into this one. So, Daniel, looks like uh, you went to a rodeo recently. You know, I don't think I've ever been to a rodeo, but I've, I've seen, like, kind of, you know, what the gist of it is. Uh, fill us in, man. How was your experience? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, the wifey and me have been getting a lot into uh, westerns and Yellowstone and stuff like that. So it's gotten us really into the mood and i think it was last year or maybe the year before we actually went out bought cowboy hats we got boots and we got the whole nines going and um we, we've had to use it on we've had the chance to use it on a few occasions but uh, we've been wanting to wear them for like a rodeo like go like horseback riding or rodeo kind of thing and we finally had a chance uh somewhere local there's not many rodeos to pick from, uh, so to be honest, whenever they do pop up, it's a good trek. You know, we live up in Lake County now, so it, you know, to find something in Cook County, for example, I mean that's that's a good drive for us. Uh, to find something even further downstate Illinois, it's a good drive for us. So um, it's been difficult, but we we lucked out and got something really close to the house. It was about uh, 20 minutes away. Uh, and we went. It was the first U.S. rodeo that I've ever been to. I, I've been to uh, one or two in Mexico uh, when I was younger, and those were pretty cool. It's a big spectacle in Mexico, at least a lot of music, uh, uh, you know, guys drinking, women dressed up in the traditional Mexican garb, and it's it's a whole event. Uh, this it's uh it, it was the American version of it which was also a big spectacle. It was a lot bigger than I was anticipating. Um, now, Noel, you mentioned that you've never been to anything. Have you been to anything like that, Andy? Yeah, I've been into more of the Mexican ones. Okay. Um, I've never been. I mean, I've seen the PBR ones, like, right. when I had cable. I mean, what they had, some of the dudes had helmets and, like, like the bulletproof vest stuff, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't see that in the Me- I mean, Mexican rodeos. You've seen some dudes get like fucked up on the bulls and even the horses. So, um, for sure, it's a different. It's a definitely a, a different experience from what I've seen and compared to the the, the Mexican ones. Yeah, yeah. It, like Andy mentioned uh, in the U.S. one, there's a lot more safety. Um, they can't do certain things to bulls uh, like they would in in other countries. 
but yeah, for the most part, they do wear uh, like a safety helmet, a black safety helmet, and then they got those um, uh, vests to kind of help them so they won't get gored by the the bulls' horns and stuff. But uh, as far as the spectacle that I was describing, it it was that man. When we got there, there was so many people. Now, was that the same event that we went to for the uh, basketball game that I mentioned a few podcasts ago that I took Junior? It was at that same arena. It's called uh, the Now Arena. I think it was previously called the, the Sears Arena. And it was packed, man. Every seat seemed like it was sold out. Um, when we were driving up for parking, there was a sign that said uh, sold out event. So I believe every seat was sold, and it looked like it, man. Every seat was full. Unlike the, the Bulls game that we went to there, it was yeah, maybe about half, three quarters of the way full, but you did see empty s- pockets. It, what Danny means by the Bulls game, you mean they're like minor league team or the D league? I think it's what, what's at the now arena, right? If I like, remember correctly. Right, right, yeah. From the podcast that I mentioned, it was uh, the Windy City Bulls, yeah. uh, which is like Andy mentioned. It's it's like uh, the minor leagues of the Bulls. Um, there were some Bulls players there sitting courtside, but uh, they they were not playing. But yeah, the, the arena is, is kind of small, uh, maybe a, a tad smaller than Allstate Arena, but it was packed, man. And I was surprised about how many Latinos there were there. Uh, since it was an American-style rodeo, I figured, you know, mostly, you know, white people are going to be there. But no, man, I would say maybe two-thirds were Latino, a third was, uh, uh, you know, Caucasian or whatever, and and it, everybody seemed to be having a good time. There was a lot of liquor. I was surprised how much these people drink during these <laughs> events. Uh, to me, uh, to be honest, uh, it's it's not that I'm a prude and I don't drink, but with pricing the way it is for everything now, it's just like I'm not paying twelve, fourteen dollars for a beer. I, I bought one just to kind of get the taste and just kind of chill. And I just milked that one the whole event. Liquor sees no color, Dan. Well, yeah, I, I'm not speaking as far as white and Latino. I'm just speaking as far as money. I would think certain things will eventually start becoming a, a luxury. And maybe the consumption of alcohol would be in that category because – $15 a beer, that's a lot, man. I mean, uh, is it a tall home, boy? I, I don't know. I, I just got like a um, uh, Modelo, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like the tall glass. It seemed like the regular, you know, like beer can like size. I, I mean, they pour it all into like um, those uh, solo cups, so it's, yeah. it's hard to tell what it is. But it, it there was people buying them. By the dozen, man. They would buy like six or seven at a time yeah. and walk them over to their seats. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the last time I remember we went to an event, um, it was uh, that Bellator thing at Rosemont. And they right. were serving the, the beers, I think, were like 14 bucks or 12 bucks. But those were the 16-ounces. They weren't the regular 12, which kind of shocked me because I had a lot of them. Um, but uh, I don't think you see 12-ounce beers no more. <laughs> I think they're like, if we give them a bigger can, we could charge more. That's, I feel like, the stadium's philosophy. And right, um, right. that's why I'm asking if it's uh, Modelo. I think they have tall boys. I don't know. 
I would I would assume in some of the stations they might have like the taller bills like you're describing. Uh, but maybe what they ended up doing is just like, all right, so instead of charging $20, let's say, for a tall boy, let's charge what we charge for the tall boys but for the regular ones. Yeah. Because that's that's what it seemed like. Because it, it, at least the, the one that I bought, it was just like a regular solo cup size that you buy like at Walmart, those red cups. Uh, and that's that's about as, as tall as the beer was. But, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I guess – for me, my lifestyle's changed a little bit because I'm not a big spender to begin with, but I don't buy all these expensive things. And to me, beer is is good. I'm, I'm a, not a connoisseur of beer, but I do enjoy a beer here and there. But definitely for events like this, it does get trimmed back. When I go to restaurants, it does get trimmed back where I'm having a social event with like friends and buddies. Yeah. I'll drink a few more because we bought six packs or a 24 pack that made the price a little bit more reasonable kind of thing. But it, it just, it amazed me that so many people were drinking and I'm like buying those six beers there. That's a good hundred bucks. You just spent there or more. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, the people, you know, are cool with spending a hundred dollars in, a round of beers. Uh, cool, man. That's, that's on you. But anyways, beside the beer thing, everybody seemed to be having a good time. I didn't really see any kind of troubles or problems between people. And uh, the uh, the next thing that did shock me uh, is I've seen a couple of the PBRs, like Andy mentioned on TV, but I've never seen like a full event. I'll like be flipping through the channels. It'll be on. I'll watch it for a few minutes or I'll have it on the background while I'm doing something else. Uh, but being at an actual event from start to end, it was, it kind of took me back, which I thought it was cool, but they had a prayer at the start of the event. So uh, as soon as they're like, all right, the announcer's like, we're going to be starting in five minutes. Um, you know, we, uh, this is America and in America, we respect everybody's, uh, decisions and everybody's perspectives in their own philosophy but here he's like we believe in christ and we're going to have a prayer and then they just started off with a, a prayer and um after the prayer they did the typical star spangled banner and then uh the show started so i i thought it was really cool to see um a, a company that expresses their faith in that way up front without worrying about the recourse of people backlashing and being like, well, we're not that we need you to be more inclusive to everybody else kind of thing. But it was really cool. And I, I did enjoy that part of it. Well, that that's a company or a corporation that knows their base. They probably have some data in like <clears throat> to, to, uh, traditionally that base, uh, they're, farmers or whatever rural people right. and they have more different values than people say in the city in the big city so they, they know their base kind of like nascar they have a, a prayer to before most of the races um, really okay yeah they have a chaplain it's usually not like a priest or a pastor i i kind of recall when i was watching nascar they usually had like a chaplain or something right. um so that means like it's a lot of different faiths but uh yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, good for them. The only question I have: did, did that person who led the prayer did he have a did 
Did he have a liquor, a beer in his hand when he led the prayer? Um, I didn't see him. I don't know where he, he was. It down? <laughs> I don't know where he was stationed or where he was by. But uh, yeah, he he started off with the prayer, and it was it was kind of cool uh, to see something like that. And I think you're right. Uh, uh, you know, it, when I spoke to it to my wife about it, it, it was kind of like the same thing. It's just like yeah, it's 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 probably more of what we would see as a conservative crowd. Um, uh, if you had to label some kind of political label on it, uh, but definitely, I mean, the Latino base is not known for being super conservative. So, um, in that there are, uh, I'm sure a lot of liberal people in that crowd, but anyways, it, it, it didn't seem to like, you know, gather any booze or stuff like that. Everybody was really cool. Uh, the show started, man, and they had like music up the ass. Everything was music, uh, but not uh, any Latino music, which I thought was kind of weird, you know, to Andy's comment of knowing your bass. I would think he would pepper in a, a couple Latino songs in there uh, just because they had rock, they had hip hop, they had country music. And I was just waiting for that you know one or two latin songs but no they, they didn't play any of that stuff so like uh, you wanted them to play like ricky martin or something not, not ricky <laughs> martin but something more uh you know like a tamborazo even though i don't jive with that i don't really like tamborazos and stuff but i know that rodeos are linked to to that style of mexican music so i figured that one or two songs would be to that or maybe a, a mariachis or something like that something with a little yeah. latino flavor uh but yeah they, they didn't play any of it which i'm cool i mean to me it didn't bother me at all uh it was there was definitely plenty of country and plenty of um uh good hip-hop it was kind of like the classical hip-hop not classical classic hip-hop throwbacks yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh you know the 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 tried and true rock ones, you know, ACDC, uh, some Metallica and stuff like that. So it, it was it was a good time, man, as far as the whole ambience and everything. And then the show started and it was really excited. Um, like the first half towards the end, it kind of waned down because there's a lot of waiting in between uh, getting uh, the bull riders situated and then uh, it, it, it did drag on a little bit. I'm not really sure what the solution is. You know, me being a noob to this, I, I it's not like I came in and I was just like, they need to do this and this will make it 10 times better. I, I really don't know what they can do, but it, it would have been better if the show was a little faster um, as far as the dead time in between. Um, now, maybe the dead time is great for people to go to the bathroom or, or kind of situate whatever's going on you know it's kind of like a baseball game in between enons kind of thing uh but to me it's like too many uh it's more than you know the nine innings in a baseball game i mean this was like maybe like 30 little intermissions while they're getting things really? situated how long did the intermissions last i i wouldn't call them intermissions i would maybe like 30 seconds and oh. a minute uh, like two to three minutes per thing or something. Well, well, well some of them did, did drag on. So it, it, some of them, the next bull rider, the guy would be like, I got it. Let it open. Boom. And they'll fly out. And some guys would rearrange. No, they would call for another tie up. So they would have to retie the bull up. And then, 
you know, in between these little uh, spots, they would have the clowns doing shit. You know, start start twerking or dancing or <laughs> doing twirls and shit. Or he he would take out the um, the t-shirt machine and then he'd start shooting t-shirts into the crowd. So they would try to keep people engaged uh, for the most part, but you weren't watching bull riding. So if you wanted to watch bull riding, there was some dead air in between. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to make it seem too much of a negative. It was just something that I was just like, man, it'd be nice if they found a way to make this quicker. Maybe like line up like four bull riders at the same time and be like, everybody be on call so that when we point to you, you come out of the shoot and then just keep it rotating so that they always have somebody like ready. Um, but it was cool, man. It was really cool. Uh, Junior went with us and I was a little worried that he wouldn't care for it too much, but he he dug it, man. He, he dug it. He enjoyed it. He was there with us and uh, it, it was a, a, a cool time and uh, we, we really enjoyed it and we're looking forward to the next one. Um, actually, I think it's next week. There's one over here in Lake County again, and it's not too far from us. It's like 15 minutes away, but that one is a Latino one, uh, which they're going to have, uh, like a band off with like four or five bands that they're going to battle each other while there's a rodeo and some other stuff. So I don't know how that's all going to work, but the thought of having like four tamborazo bands, like going each other, kind of like the DJ DJ off things. I don't know if I would like that, so <laughs> I don't know if I want to go. Uh, but it sounds intriguing. I, I don't know. I'm still kind of chewing over whether I want to go and uh, check out the, the Latino flavor of a rodeo. So let me ask you this, then. Uh, with the popularity of, of Yellowstone, do you feel that that was a lot of maybe why a lot of people went? Or you think the because you did say it, it looked like it was you saw signs that it was sold out. Um, do you think the popular Yellowstone kind of like helped that make help that make that happen with with the popularity of it? Because uh, yeah, Yellowstone is like super popular now, and people. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's a popular show. I mean, it, it it's it's shocking how popular it is, and uh, did that kind of influence you, or like like you know, you told uh, your wife and your kid like, let's go check it out. Right. I, I think it definitely influenced us. Um, you know, my parents are Latino descent. Um, my wife is Latina, but it's not like we were in the know of rodeos. There was a lot of things that I didn't know even about it, even being Latino. Um, and now I have friends that are into stuff like that, and they're probably more in the know, have gone to plenty more rodeos. Um, but I definitely think a show like Yellowstone or stuff like that, it does bring the casual fan and kind of tips them over to go and try to enjoy something like this. So I think stuff like that definitely happens. Uh, now, this crowd, it probably would have been packed with or without Yellowstone because I did see a lot of people that looked the part, you know, like you saw them and they weren't wearing a brand new, you know, trim hat. They were wearing rough cut hats. They were wearing dirty jeans like they just got out of work stuff. So there was a <laughs> lot of like rancher ranchers, um, cowboy guys, uh, guys that are construction workers, but they have that heritage and they like stuff like that. So, 
you saw guys with dirty, you know, cowboy hats and you could see that they've put miles into it. And it's like they're like true people that are really into this. They're enthusiasts of it uh, a lot more than than what I would say I am. Uh, the only probably street cred that I have is that I'm Latino and, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of in our culture kind of thing. But, but yeah, man, it, it, it was it was cool. Yeah. I. You're like, man, I fucking killed pigs, bro. Back the fuck up. <laughs> well, not me personally, but yeah, my dad. <laughs> my dad. So. <laughs> and I cooked it up and it was good, man. Uh-huh. But no, nah, man, it was it was a, a, a really cool time. I enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh get to do another one uh, uh fairly soon and you know, keep it up. I now it's got my son even peaked to go horseback riding, so that's probably gonna be the next little uh, bucket listing that we want to try to do is we're going to try to find a place that we can go horseback riding and go check that out, man. Nice, man. Yeah. But, uh, Andy, I think I've rambled on enough about this uh, cowboy uh, little thing that we're into here in the Corral household. Why don't we jump over to you and see what the Chinese are up to, man? I hear they're, they're shooting, or not shooting, but uh, launching balloons everywhere. Uh, where has the latest one been found and uh, what are people doing with them? So, I mean, I mean, if you've been living under a rock, we all know what's going on with that balloon uh, from like a week ago. Um, they reported it, uh, that there was something flying across the U.S. And uh, they somehow were able to identify it, that it was Chinese. And they let it, <laughs> they took the whole week, they let it do its thing. And then they shot it down over the ocean of the Carolinas, I believe. And, you know, Biden got a lot of criticism about the way he handled this and, uh, you know, that, you know, with the, the the Hunter laptop and all that, the Chinese people are like speculating, you know, allegedly he's uh, he's bought off by the Chinese and all this. But, you know, going back to the balloon, I was kind of shocked the way yeah, I'm, I'm to me personally, I think he handled it wrong. I don't know why he wouldn't shoot it down earlier. Um, and then I think they were able to retrieve pieces of it. Um, he he cited the safety, like if, if they shot it down over land, it could have fallen on people's homes or something like that. Right. And uh, that's one of the things he came out with. And then um, so I'm thinking like, man, what, what what's going on? And I was kind of the last time they shot something foreign made over the u.s i think it was something like world war ii something with the japanese um so what do you guys think like did he handle that right because uh i think they identified a two one more down in el salvador that believe was the same style and i think there was one more somewhere i think in the u.s i think they kind of identified or it was another part of the world like you think he handled that right, or what are your thoughts on it? What do you think the balloon's doing? I mean, it's hard to say exactly what it's doing. It's there's all this speculation. It could be like what the Chinese said. It's a weather balloon that <laughs> straight away <laughs> all this way, or it could be uh, you know something spying on us, trying to get our military bases, locations, and strategic um, infrastructure locations where we have our power grid you know, centralized and all that shit. And it could be that. Um, it definitely has me worried that he's not going to be the kind of guy to retaliate if it comes down to it. 
because I started thinking, like, worst case scenario, like, let's say, you know, they shoot missiles over here and, you know, we get we get hit. Is he going to immediately retaliate or is he going to be like, well, you know, let's let's see what we can do or whatever. It doesn't seem like he's exactly the best guy for the job. And it's been a long time going that I thought that. But uh, it just makes it seem more likely that he's just going to be passive in his handling of future events if if they do happen. Right. To me, I I I didn't vote for Biden, but I believe that he did the right thing. I think with something so sensitive, especially with everything going on with Russia, you don't want to be trigger happy and just right away shoot things down. Unless you think it's a threat, like this thing is going to drop a nuke on us kind of thing. Then obviously let's be a little more aggressive. But with it being a balloon seen, seen as kind of passive, um, I would gather intelligence and shoot it over when it's not a threat to the public and then collect any uh, data from it just like he did. Now, as far as uh, retaliating against missiles, there is an accord that we're signed up to that regardless of what the reasoning is, if anybody shoots a missile towards the U.S., we automatically have to counter and launch a missile back. It, it doesn't matter if the president wants to or not. There's some kind of accord. I forget what the name of it is, but it's some document that they signed. That is it for nuclear weapons or just regular missile strikes? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I should clarify. It's something about nuclear missiles. Yeah, the nuclear so, ones is yeah. The, I know. The auto, it's automatic retaliation. It's, it's automatic. Yeah. So, it's 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 an accord to kind of put it up front and make it known that you might send a nuke over here to try to kill us, but in that second that you sent us, you just signed your death certificate too because we're going to send one right back. And it's kind of to deter people from shooting nukes at all, because if you, as soon as you shoot that nuke, you you got to have some kind of counteraction to it. Otherwise, you're gone, too. So as far as the nukes go, I it's not up to Biden. It's it's an accord that they're signed up to and it's going to happen. But I think he did it right. Uh, for it's Biden up to the, the deep state. Uh, but uh, going back to the balloon, like. I think, uh, again, this week they found something in Alaska. You saw it was shooting, like, green beams down, like, these lasers down on Alaska. And they weren't sure what that was all about. But the the Chinese said that I, – I, I think the Chinese kind of admitted to them, like, yeah, we did that or something. Um, and I don't know, like, it's just weird how all this is coming about. Uh, right now and then the Chinese didn't admit to it they, they did say it's a weather balloon I don't know what the what they're trying to figure out but maybe they're testing Biden I don't know and uh, it's just leading uh, like I feel like it's just like we're gonna be reading about this in 20 years this is like the opening shit about um uh about like World War fucking three or something because I was reading in the last month how China's economy is like really it's slowing down. They're they're trying to get a handle on COVID. They have like big time debt, um, and like people are like protesting and like they've never really dealt with all this. So someone kind of mentioned like this is uh 
they're like uh uh saber rattling like they're trying to trying to make shit happen you know like just to say like look at all this fuck like we can do all this stuff like what are you guys gonna do about it and then meanwhile meanwhile at, at home they're having like all these issues with with the more they have like their own mortgage crisis um people were pro- protesting like a month ago uh the 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 covid situation and then their economy like is stalled right now the manufacturing side of it they they're 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 really sluggish. They can't seem to to get it going like how they used to, and all this stuff is like happening. And people, uh, the other thing that they're having issues with is uh, they're not having like a lot of kids. I was reading, like they don't their population is it's massive, but to, to keep all this shit that they're doing going, they're not gonna have enough uh, people to keep it going as the years go on, and they kind of know about it. And they're getting, uh, they're a little like, uh, like startled about it. And they're trying to, they're just trying, they're they're trying to deflect. I guess is what the guy said, which I found kind of weird, but it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't. Yeah, man. I, I, I probably all that is somewhat true. I I did hear and read a bunch of that as well, but I don't know how flexing towards the u.s would make anything any better uh realistically but i do realize as well that a lot of governments do create these like um what do they call those where it's like a like a covert where you're more involved into it but you kind of make it seem like they attacked you kind of thing i forget what they call them i don't think it's deep state i think it's some other kind of weird word or whatever but where you kind of fake like you're being attacked yeah, so then that way that. so then that way you could kind of defend <laughs> you could so you could defend that you're you're retaliating back to them because they were the aggressor um now covert, I could, like a covert attack not covert uh, but they they actually like uh they're saying the u.s blew up that pipeline near Russia, they were saying it was the Russians. Then they found out it was really the U.S. And, <laughs> like, no one's talking about it. And, uh, like, a covert act or, like, trying a false flag. There you go. False flag. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the word they, I was looking for. False they, flag. They did something to try to say, like, we need to get in there and handle this. Right. So I could see it being maybe something like that where it's a false flag and they're kind of, you know, trying to push it so that there can be a conflict to kind of bring the conversation away from the inner turmoils that you're having in your country and bring it to something that everybody can rally together for, uh, you know, a greater good kind of thing. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like going back to the balloon. So there was a lot of criticism, how Biden handled it leading up to the week. They shot it down over the uh, Atlantic they retrieved it. They did find there was explosives, and he took all this criticism. He had the State of the Union recently, and then out of the blue, this week, uh, they found them. Uh, they didn't didn't call it a balloon. They called it a UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon, and it was over Alaska. Um, they said it was, uh, you know, they shot that thing down. That's one. Then there was one by Montana and Canada. They, uh, uh, the Canadian prime minister, 
and Biden, NORAD told them, like, it's going over here. They shut that down. They shot another one down. And then, um, so they did that immediately. I saw a timeline, like, they knew about it on Thursday. I think they shot it down yesterday, two of them yesterday. That's, like, within under 48 hours they shut this down. So I'm thinking, like, man, maybe some bullshit they're trying to say, like, Biden is um handling shit and then they I, re- I heard the press conference and the wording uh the 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 guy was using the secretary was saying like we saw it we don't know what it is um it's smaller than the chinese balloon they didn't blame the chinese and then he goes we really didn't know what kind of propulsion it had there was no one in it and um uh, we're gonna retrieve it. We're in the acts of retrieving it, and then uh, and I was like, and people are like, it's not Chinese. He's like, nah, we don't know if it's a corporation, a state, or private. We don't know any of that yet. And then and they shot down one over Canada, and people are they said it's spherical, so it's like a tic tac. And then uh, yesterday, this morning, I started seeing like pictures, alleged pictures of it. It's like this cylindrical-looking thing, the one in Alaska. It's not blown up. It's just like, bare, like uh, you can see, like it crashed. And uh, I was reading stuff that uh, pilots that were they sent to shoot it down, they were able to get to it side by. They were flying right along against it, and they said it was interfering with some of their uh, sensors and radar stuff. And then they shot it down. And then it was going the same speed as uh, as the the jet, and then they shot it down. And I think I'm hearing the same reports for the one in in, in Canada. And then this morning I woke up, I was reading that uh, they found another. Uh, this time they found another one, but it's not silver; it's black in in Vegas. And then there's also reports that there was one similar spotted in China that they told the. The Chinese uh, officially, uh, they kind of mentioned something on Twitter that they their radar picked up one in China. So now everybody and like Twitter and like other conspiracy people are going like through the fucking roof. Like, what is this? And I don't know if it's like, I don't want to say it's like UFO shit or maybe it's interdimensional. Like, who fucking knows at this point? I think if more countries see it, it's going to be, I don't know if it's like another false flag or some end of world shit like the aliens are coming i I don't know yeah man it's kind of crazy times right now especially like you were saying with china's economy you know literally imploding and then the whole population of their country or not the whole but like a vast majority of people are ukraine and all that that's going on over there you know it's like yeah dude I heard about the potential for Russia to launch a nuke into yeah. Ukraine and the mm-hmm. backlash and like how, how much it would affect the surrounding areas. And I'm like, man, this is crazy times right now. And then uh, like natural resources are being depleted more and more every year. And it's just it's going to get it's going to get crazy, man, especially uh, people talking about a uh, Bank of America defaulting on their debt. The, the United States, like the debt ceiling and how much money that's owed, how many trillions are owed to other countries. And I think majority of it is to China. It, it's kind of a crazy time right now that uh, 
Yeah, we, we have to kind of be on, on cautious, kind of alert here. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, let's say it's alien or out of this galaxy or whatever out of this world. I don't even know how. I used to think they'd be like, yeah, there's aliens, but I don't think they they would admit to that now. Like, it's so much. They, we couldn't even agree on, like, the all the COVID information. I mean, there's always been conspiracy people out there. I mean, but it wasn't always like, and like they've been caught. The the government and other people have been caught in so many lies. Like, I, it's hard to believe anything they fucking say. And even now, like you used to say, well, if you see video of it, and now everybody's like, any fucking video that proves any type of anything, they're like, well, it's fake or it's a deep fake, right? That's the new one, the deep fake. And, like, it's hard to, I mean, we're getting so mind-fucked, it's hard to believe, it's hard to believe anything you see or read now, you know? Yeah, I think uh, misbelief is is running rapid, and um, I would say, I don't know for lack of a better word, extremism uh, for either side is is definitely a problem. I, I, I think people need to really just take a step back and not be so much the aggressor and not be so much uh, you know i i grew up in a family with with three other brothers and there was at times some inner you know like a fight for power let's say or fight for uh what they wanted out of my parents or out of the family dynamic and you know doesn't need to be an aggressive thing it could be something where like you know collaboration or kind of working together or kind of it, it never got it, you know fights with like uh fist fights and stuff like that you, you don't really get anything out of that so i don't understand what everything needs to be amped all the way to 100 right away uh, i think dialogue and peace I think ultimately that's what everybody wants, man. Nobody wants to live in a dystopia where shit's all jacked up, where you can't buy anything, where people are starving, where there's no resources. Nobody wants to live like that. So I don't understand why people continue to strive for this power. Be content with everybody being good, you do your thing, you do your thing, and we'll all be happy in the middle. I, I, I really don't – I'm having a tougher and tougher time now that I'm getting older seeing this mentality, and it's just going overboard, and, and I, I just can't explain it. Well, the thing, thing is po- power corrupts, man. You don't understand the complexities of modern societies. You want to go live in your in – your, uh, in, your, in your farm, man, and not deal with this? <laughs> but I, I in in church today, it was exactly the 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 message today. It was talking about how how the um, the rabbis would you know kind of balk at Jew- Jesus. It's like, why is Jesus going and eat with the tax collectors and these guys over here? They're like our enemies or whatever. And Jesus is like, we need to bridge these communities together, and we need to talk to it all these other sides so that we can all come together and be united 
and he's like, uh, uh, what was the thing the pastor was saying? The pastor was saying that he's like, I'm the first one to admit that I always strive for justice and whatever, you know, kind of like an eye for an eye, but, or if you did it, you deserve to pay for it kind of thing. He's just like, but that's not Jesus's, uh, that's not what he wants you, his message. That's not what he wants you to learn. He wants you to learn empathy and he wants you to learn mercy because that's what he gives all of his people every day because nobody's perfect. There's millions of sinners. I'm a sinner and Jesus forgives me for the things that I do. And that's what he wants me to do to everybody around me. He wants me to forgive all the people that do bad to me. He wants me to forgive everybody that's around me and to have empathy and want to help other people, even though they might be the bad guy. They might be the person that's prosecuting me or, or make bringing harm to me, but he wants me to be empathetical and mercy to, to people around me. And I think if people carry that more inside of them, it, it would be a better place. Now, yeah, maybe it sounds tree huggerish or, or whatever, I'm not saying let's go out and hug a tree or anything like that, but just kind of chill with the power moves, man. Let's like everybody can have a piece of the pie. Everybody can be happy. You just need to take a step back and kind of chill. I think the, the problem is that there's people in power that are not of that philosophy. And it, this isn't something new. This is, over a thousand years in the making out since, for, Roman since the times. beginning of time, yeah. <laughs> right. Since society was built and, and people created, I guess, currency and the economy and and debts and, and slavery and ownership and all that, man. It's uh materialism and, and like the greed and hunger for more and an endless, unfillable void that people try to fill with all sorts of sins and sorts of you know bad habits dude it's just the way it is that's it's good that you have that mentality though because that's what we need is we need more people like that uh that way you know evil won't win because it doesn't rest but if good doesn't rest either then you know there's like a balance that we can maintain um with that being said like uh and danny's talking about jc man but i do read uh with the current wave of UFO, UAPs, uh, I am a Catholic. I know the Pope said that if an alien would come down, he would like to baptize him. So I'm waiting. Maybe we'll see that in our lifetime. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, uh, let's go over to Noel. He got some Blu-ray deals uh, online here. I've been got, I got a good deal yesterday, actually, on some uh, Blu-rays. What did you end up buying on uh, this famous auction site? That's where actually I got my deals too. I went to uh, to the auction site. Where'd you end up buying all? So yeah, man, I just got into eBay again recently. It's it's been uh, about almost eight years since I bought from eBay, and I've I've been kind of on this like roll, getting a bunch of stuff that some good deals on here. You know, you, you can get stuff. Uh, I, I didn't know it had evolved to this point because, like I said, it's been like eight years. And technology has gone, obviously, really far in those eight years. So eBay is no longer like how it used to be with just PayPal and just bidding on stuff. You can buy stuff outright. You can get coupon deals from from sellers. Yeah. You can get like, you know, buy two, get one free type deals, all, all sorts of shit. So, um, yeah, I got a bunch of old stuff, 
uh, stuff that means something to me. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but like I got uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the 1990, the OG. Um, I, I always love the practical effects they used on it and the original costumes and and all that. And I, I wanted the Blu-ray for a while. I haven't had it, so I got yeah, that. Uh, I got that when I was. I'm trying to trade it. I yeah, got the, the three Blu-ray? pack, the Blu-ray. Yeah, I oh, traded see, I it for an Xbox pack, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that three pack. I just want the one and two. Uh, I didn't like number three. That's why I was like, I don't even want to. It'll be a completist. Got to have everything, man. <laughs> nah, nah. You know, I, I was thinking of that, man. I'm like, that's a slippery slope. Where if I start buying every movie I've ever liked, I'm gonna have like a whole fucking library, like a house full of movies. I don't have that kind of space, so I'm like... And we can only dream. Oh. Right, dude. While I do love the physical media, like, I, now more so than any time before, it's like this physical media, it just looks so good. The The last physical media I owned was DVDs. That's the last time I, I, I bought physical media, and I kind of went digital since, like, 2008 or something like that, or nine, And, um... Now that I got a PS5 to play the Blu-rays, 4K, all that stuff, I got back into physical media. I got Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer. I got uh, Batman vs. Superman. I got some uh, some horror movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I got the Halloween, the reboot trilogy that just finished uh, this last year with uh, Halloween Ends. Uh, I got that in 4K. I got Black Adam in 4K. I got a couple M. Night Shyamalan movies in 4K, uh, a couple Jordan Peele movies in 4K. You know, I've been getting uh, just some good stuff, some Lucio Fulci. You know, I'm a horror guy, so it's like I- I've been, like, sticking to mainly horror and just the movies that, like, really mean something to me in general that I I grew up really admiring and, and liking. Um, one of the ones that I actually saw recently uh, came out in 2010. It's called The Crazies. It was a reboot of the original movie that came out in the 70s. Uh, the original one was George Romero's uh, work. And then The Crazies in 2010 was just like a, a kind of a a refresher of that movie. And I've seen both. I own both now. But I watched the 2010 uh, just yesterday. And, man, it's, it's a good movie that, like, uh, I, I could see that it inspired, like, a lot of future works. Because, like, this this is back in the 70s, right? So this is before Resident Evil. But Resident Evil has, like, like these vibes to it. 28 Days Later has these vibes to it. Uh, even The Last of Us. Watching The Last of Us recently and then watching this movie, Crazies, I'm like, there's a lot of similarities about the stuff that's going on. Uh, and, and for those that haven't seen the movie, have you guys seen Crazies? I have not. No, I don't think <laughs> I've seen that one, yeah. Oh man, you guys definitely check it out. It's a it's a really good horror movie. Essentially, just a kind of really quick one minute recap. Um, there is a plane, a government plane that's carrying some secret COVID type fucking virus that they manufactured in a lab. It goes down in the middle of a swamp or like a river in um, in this like random you know area, farmland, rural area. And it pollutes the water system so that people that drink tap water would, you know, drink this contaminated water that essentially makes them go crazy and makes them um, like murderous. Mm-hmm. And 
they, they become infected and their eyes start to like get all like bloodshot and like just really fucking <laughs> crazy looking and uh they they just go crazy but they still have intelligence so they will hunt you down with knives with guns whatever their goal is to kill you and the start of the movie is this guy like he kills his family sets his house on fire um it, it's it's insane it's like really like uh just tense like a really tense movie uh it's got a, a, a few familiar actors in it um it's got the girl from pitch black it's got the girl from uh, silent hill she was in that as well um like i can't remember the actress's name it's blanking on me but it, it's got a few familiar actors in it and uh ultimately it's it's worth a watch uh what i liked about it i think was too that the government's reaction to it was not to like tell the people like hey this is going on be aware you know be cautious it was to literally quarantine and wipe that town out of existence internet was shut off phones were shut off uh, you know access to leaving the place was shut off any everybody rounded people up like fema took them to camps and slaughtered them all and it's insane i mean i'm sorry for the spoilers but like this is an old movie so i mean what can you do right it's 13 years older at this point so <laughs> it was like a straight to video movie uh no no i think it did come out in theater i think it came out in theaters but i mean 13 years ago it's hard to remember but i i'm fairly certain it came out in theaters this this had a motion picture budget like it was it was well done it was not by any means like a b movie uh you know there are a lot of horror movies that are fall in that category but no this was actually like you know professionally done good cinematography uh it, it it has like some really cool scenes in it where it's just the tense the ten the tension that it builds knowing that your death is coming at the hands of these like just pretty much uh just murderous ravenous people and it's just the the, the town becomes crazy right and uh, so the last of us has these vibes as well and i was like i was really connecting with it i do recommend people to to check it out the 1974 one is also really good. The George Romero one, uh, it's especially it has that 70s feel to it. So I recommend watching both of those if you ever get a chance. Yeah, and, it was um, released to a theater with a 20 million dollar budget, a gross 55 mil. This is in 2010. Yeah, yeah it's funny when you when you were describing it, it it sounds just like uh, Last of Us because uh, with the TV show, we've been finding out. A lot more details that maybe the game didn't really say and one of them was like that where they would just gather you around and just shoot you man and it's like crazy yeah no literally at, at one point in the movie the crazies at the end they, they they're trying to escape right the whole movie centers around the sheriff of the town and his wife and his deputy and and, and a few you know small little crew they're trying to escape the town but literally they're getting hunted down by the government or they're getting hunted down by crazy people. So there's enemies all around and it's really hard to trust anybody. And you don't even know if you're sick yet. Like it takes 48 hours to get sick. So any one of the people in your crew could be sick. And it's one of those things. It's like the tension builds. And at one point they discover that, yeah, the, the government rounded up people, murdered them all and burned them and like cremated them essentially. And it's just, it's crazy to think, like, it, 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 it builds on the fact that, like, this is, like, 
on a somewhat level kind of plausible. Like I could see that happening. You know what I mean? Like if the government, right. if this, something like this happened, I could see the government doing some shit like that. And it's, that's what's more scary about it. That's what makes me like immerse myself in that movie even more. But, uh, yeah, kind of moving on to another thing I've been immersing myself in uh, is this new uh, ghost hunting game. Sticking on the genre of horror. Uh, it's called Phasmophobia. So uh, it's an older game um, in terms of like it's it's not the last year. It's, I think it's like two, three years ago it came out. Um, but it's been like just it hasn't stopped growing in popularity. It's still a, a trendy game. People still love playing it. And there's getting updates consistently. And uh, have you guys ever heard of this game, Phasmophobia? I haven't. No, what 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 console is this on, or what kind of game is it? So uh, I believe it's on PC. Uh, I I don't know if it's on actual consoles. Um, okay. It it might be, but it it's uh, one of those indie developed games. Um, it's it's initially on early access. I think it actually might still be on early access, meaning like it's not. It's not like one of those games that's like completed, completed. They're consistently like changing, updating shit. But uh, essentially, you're you're a ghost hunter. Your job is to prove and find evidence of ghosts in various locations. And throughout the course of of uh, your you know investigations, you can earn money by you know providing this evidence, taking photos. Um, finding evidence of like you know the the ghost's presence there and as you gain all this money you can buy more equipment that's more sophisticated so for example you can get a spirit box the spirit box is the one that goes through the different frequencies so that allows to the ghost to communicate with you and it'll say certain words as it scrolls through all these different frequencies so you can use a spirit box or you can use this thing called dots that it's like uh, kind of like the Xbox Connect had that like uh, it's like a green like dots. It's like a field of of like dots that like show up pulsing green. If the ghost travels through it, you can see their outline and their shape with it. Um, there's other things that you can use. Like you can use a Ouija board. You can use this like mirror that shows you where the ghost room is. Uh, you can use the EMF detector, which is like old school, you know, it's. Uh, to detect any electromagnetic frequencies um, you can use a parabolic mic which is like one of those mics that like pis use to like hear what's going on uh, like between like multiple different like walls like in another room like fucking far away so you can use that to pick up any subtle sounds that are happening uh, within the house that you're investigating and uh, ultimately there's some objectives that they'll give you and the what makes the game great is that the ghost that you're investigating will actually be able to kill you. It's not like you're just wasting your time trying to get evidence and then nothing happens to you. There is some risk uh, to get the reward. There is some risk. So you go in in there and the ghost will do these uh, ghost events, they call them. And the ghost can either communicate with you or show itself or, you know, maybe throw some objects like a poltergeist or maybe uh, slam a door and then in the on the most risky one is they'll actually hunt you and try to kill you and so you have to you know either run around or try to hide somewhere so it's not in the line of sight 
Otherwise, if, if it sees you and it comes to you, and it, it, even if it touches you for just a fraction of a second, it will like essentially suck out your life or snap your neck or whatever, and, and you die, and, and then you, you lose that mission, right? But uh, this, this game has been growing on people. There's a bunch of YouTubers that play it. Uh, I was told about this game by my cousin, and he, he knows I'm a, a fan of horror stuff, so uh, I just wanted to bring it up. It's it's a cool game. Uh, I think it's like 14 bucks or something like that. So I do recommend for people that are interested, try it out. Yeah, yeah it sounds some, interesting. I'm seeing some screen captures here, and yeah, it looks kind of like weird and scary. I see a bunch of streamers got videos posted so it, it it does look like it's uh popular for sure yeah and the thing is it's um it gets you to like i don't know for people that are into all that and like folklore and, and all that stuff it gets you to like know more about it because you have like a journal with you that you can like take notes and you can like rule out certain things so if there's like freezing temperatures it's like oh well only a certain amount of different demons or spirits can do this, like a revenant or or a mare or a a, a, a yokai or a yure or on Rio. There, there's like so many different like labels to these entities that you have to like narrow it down based on what the evidence that you get. And so there is like some kind of like detectiveness to it, right? Where it it does take some strategy and some like you know, way of uh, of getting all this information and narrowing it down, making the right choice before you end up getting killed by it, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you know, that that's just one of those games I've been playing recently. Um, re- really, that, that's that's pretty much uh, all I really had to say about that. Um, yeah, those, those scary games, man. I think YouTubers... They're enamored by it because I know Junior for a while he was stuck on Five Nights at Freddy's, and then there was just like a bunch of like scary jump scares. I th- I think people like that, and and to be honest, I I think this might be the, like the first year that Junior might be cool going to like a haunted house because I think for the years that he's been kind of exposed to stuff like this, he's kind of gotten to the point where he's cool knowing that. This is make believe, and and then this over here on this side is real. Uh, so I'm kind of excited that maybe, maybe in a good or a bad way, I don't really know, but that all these horror stuff that he's been into, or at least um, the scary fright scare stuff, that it's kind of desensitized them to the point where I can enjoy a haunted house with them, man. Because I, I I love that stuff. I think that's that's cool stuff to go to. Hundred percent agree, man. It's. I grew up with that stuff, you know, thing, thanks to you guys, because you right. saw an effort and exposed me to all these horror movies at a young age, and uh, I'm grateful for it, because ultimately, I'd rather see all this scary stuff in a creative, fictional way than have to see it on the news or in real life, you know, so yeah, I, I can appreciate a horror movie and being able to to get scared or whatever, jump scared for that two hours or hour and a half than to have to see something in real life that, you know, sticks with you. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Going back to that YouTube, I'd prefer to watch, uh, like, the ghost hunting, like, you know, you said the spirit box and all that and all those other tools. I do watch a lot of ghost hunting videos on YouTube or uh, videos where they can capture entities and noises. 
I prefer to watch that than like play the game or watch a movie about it or anything like that. Like um, the paranormal activity movies and like even those conjuring movies. Like I wasn't like I mean they're all right, but I'm not like I watch them once and I'm good. <clears throat> but uh, I, I I can watch uh, ghost hunting videos like twenty four seven. I try not to watch them around my son, but yeah, I can watch those re- uh, religiously, you know. For sure. Yeah, they're. There are some good ones that they they stick to like the real part of it. Right. There's also some that like kind of embellish a little They're bit, bullshit. add a little yeah. flair. Have you ever heard of Mind Seed? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of embellish a little bit and add some stuff to it. Right. That's how I said. Like, there's some where it's like, yeah, like whatever, and then there's some like, damn, this is some real shit here. Uh, but. You know, it is what it is, but uh, we got to wrap it up, everybody. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday here. Uh, we want to thank you to listen. Remember, you can follow Freeform Network on Twitter at Freeform Network. Also, send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our webpage, freeformnetwork.podbean.com. There, you're, all our links are uh, to every platform imaginable. However, you consume our podcast on whatever platform left. Like, subscribe, comment. That helps us out a lot. Um, for Free From Radio, we got Danny. Yes, sir. Hey, Andy, just so we can get it in, in uh, recording here. Who are you picking for the Super Bowl so I can laugh at your next next recording that uh, you got it wrong? <laughs> as much I like the Eagles uh, by three points because uh, I hate Mahomes. So <laughs> I, I want the Eagles to win. Nice, nice. I, I think the Eagles are going to pull this one off, but... It'll be a good game. Everybody out there, enjoy your Super Bowl, man. And then we got Noel. Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, be safe out there while you're celebrating the, the Super Bowl. If you're voting for the Philly or the, the Eagles, I'm sure they're probably going to get the win. We'll see. <laughs> and it's all good, Andy. We want to thank you for listening. Uh, let us know uh, you got any stories on ghost hunting or what do you guys think about the UAPs or the balloons or rodeos at ffnquestions at gmail.com and uh, thank you for listening we'll get you guys next time Dad.